As we have just sung, he leadeth me. He does lead us, and and we do need the Lord. Uh, as we sang earlier as well, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. But we don't just need the Lord as Savior. We need him as guide. And so when we say and sing that he leadeth me, that is absolutely true. But whether or not we follow him is up to us. And so we've come to the point in, the, in our series of sermons taken from the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, to the Lord as not Savior, but Guide. If we are going to ask God to be our Savior, we must allow him to be our guide. And that's not a popular statement in our culture today. Everyone wants Jesus to be the Savior. Everyone wants to talk about those wonderful passages of Scripture that give us assurance of forgiveness and salvation, and rightly so. But what scripture is clear about is this. If we are going to ask God to be our savior, we must allow him to be our guide. And so these words from Matthew chapter 6 verse 13, lead us not into temptation. I really thought about having the next statement as a part of this sermon as well. Lead us not into temptation, but what? Deliver us from evil or the evil one. But I decided to split those two up because we have assurance of that deliverance. That is true. We have assurance of that salvation. But we also have a call. We have a call to allow Jesus and his word to be our guide. Lead us not into temptation. And the statement there is, can mean temptation, it can mean also trials, uh, difficulties, persecution, anything that could cause us to commit sin. That seems to be the idea in Jesus' prayer. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into those things that will cause us to be taken away from you by our actions. And so today we speak about Jesus as guide. We speak about Jesus as Lord and Master. And we have spoken in this prayer, as you know, about Jesus as Savior, which he is. And we're so very thankful, just as Bill led us around the Lord's table without that sacrifice of his broken body and his shed blood. We could never be good enough. Just as we sang earlier, nothing in my hand I bring simply to thy cross I cling. Because there's nothing I can do enough or bad things not to do enough to take away the guilt that I have because of my sin. So thankfully there is that blood that was shed for us. There is that body of Christ broken on the cross. Jesus is our Savior. 
But he wants to be more than that. He wants to be our guide. He wants us to follow him when he leadeth us. And so a few things this morning about Jesus as our guide, about God as our guide, about the word of God that guides our lives. First of all, temptation is not sin, but it is real. (laughs) Temptation is not sin, but it is real. There is a difference between temptation and sin, and I think it's important that we remember that. There is a difference between temptation and sin, between something that could cause us to commit sin and actually committing the sin. Either by action, such as commission, or inaction, omission, as we'll speak about in just a little bit. It's one thing to be tempted, it's quite another thing to sin and to give in to that temptation. And I fear that for many of us and many in our culture, we don't get that distinction. We don't, we don't see that difference. And there is a huge difference there between temptation and sin. Temptation is not sin, but it is very, very real. And we're not all tempted in the same way. And we're not all tempted to do or not do the same things to do the bad things that are condemned or to not do the good things that are commanded. And so we have to remind ourselves that um, to be considerate of one another, first of all, and recognize that difference that we're not all tempted in the same ways, but to also recognize that we are all tempted. And that sin is sin whether I'm tempted or not. And it seems that in our culture today, if someone is tempted, then it's no longer sinful to give in to that temptation. (laughs) That if you want to do something, that it's okay to go ahead and do it. And that, it sounds strange saying it out loud, doesn't it? And yet, for many, that's basically how they live. For example, stealing. Not everyone is tempted to steal. Whether you're in good times or bad times financially, you may not be tempted to steal at all, but some are. And so the fact that someone might be tempted to steal doesn't make it okay for them to steal, simply because they're tempted to do that. Some are tempted to gossip, some aren't. Some would never say something bad about someone else rather than talking to them directly because they know that that is sin. As great a sin as any in Scripture, in fact, one that's condemned quite often in Scripture. And some would say, look, I would would never, I would never talk bad about someone behind their back. And others may struggle with that temptation in a great way. It doesn't make it okay for them to gossip or slander simply because they struggle with that. It's still sin. For some, they may be tempted to lie. For others, they may be tempted to be unfaithful to their spouse and commit adultery. Others would say, I I could never tell a lie. I would never do that. Satan is the father of lies, Jesus says. 
Or I would never commit adultery. I would never be unfaithful to my spouse. I can't imagine anybody that could do that. Well, some people are tempted to do that. It doesn't make it okay for them if they do. It's still sin. It's just that it's a sin that they struggle harder with than others might. doesn't make it okay for them to commit adultery simply because they're tempted to and someone else may not be. And as absurd as that sounds, that is, that is how many have regarded temptation and sin. And we see it no clearer in our culture and in our society today than in the question of homosexuality. Homosexuality is a sin. And you may say, I could never do that. I'm abhorred by that. It makes me sick to my stomach to even think about that. And, and that's good. But not everybody feels that way about it. And some are tempted to be in a same-sex physical relationship. And the fact that they're tempted doesn't make it okay for them to give in to the temptation. Any more that it makes it okay for someone who has trouble telling the truth to lie. It's simply an acknowledgement that temptation is not sin, but it is real. And the fact that we're tempted to do something doesn't make it okay. What it does is it, it, it helps us to realize the target that Satan has to try to destroy our lives. It's that, whatever that thing is, that we're especially tempted with. And we can't look to God and say, look, that's just how you made me. It's, it's just the way I'm wired. I have trouble telling the truth. I have trouble being faithful to just one wife or just one husband. I have trouble controlling my tongue. It's just the way I am. I struggle against same-sex attraction. It's just how I'm wired. It's what makes me happy. None of those things change what the word of God says. None of those things changes that God calls those things sin. All they acknowledge is that I may be tempted in one of those areas or more so so than others. Temptation is not sin, but it is real. And so we talk about free will. He leadeth me, he leadeth me. But whether I followeth or not is up to me. Because God has granted us free will. We get to choose to let him be our guide or not. We get to choose to follow his leading out of temptation or not. God has provided us the opportunity to accept him or reject him, to obey his will and his word or to disobey. And we see that no clearer than in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because the Son of God himself was here preaching and proclaiming the word of God and calling on people to repent, and and he didn't make them do that. He left it up to them, and he leaves it up to us. For us to have free will, for that to be true, we must live in an environment that gives us the option and the opportunity to be faithful or to sin, to obey or disobey. And that's why there, there's bad stuff in this world. That's why, as uh, we mentioned the song a little bit earlier, this world is not my home, and troublesome times are 
here. Why are troublesome times here? Well, because that's the world that we live in. And some of those troubles I bring on myself, some of those troubles someone else causes me to have, some of those troubles are just a part of living in a world that gives people the opportunity to obey or disobey. To be righteous or to be sinful. And so I want us to look at that great passage of scripture in James chapter 1, where James, the half-brother of the Lord, kind of defines this whole process. And in doing so, he reminds us that all good things come from God, that God does not want us to sin. And so he's not behind the temptation, but he does allow some of that to go on. So we'll read in James 1, beginning in verse 13. Verse 13, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire or lust and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And so we see how that, if if you were writing it down and charting it, arrow to arrow, then it would start with temptation. It would start with those desires that we have that are against the will of God. And again, they're different for all of us. We don't have the same ones of those. That fact in itself doesn't justify any of them. And so we start with our temptation, that evil desire or lust, and then then we have that opportunity in this world to commit that sin. And so when we are overcome by our own evil desire, by our own lust, then we're dragged away into sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. That's where sin ends. It doesn't end with a nice feeling I have when I do something that I wanted to do, even though I knew it was wrong. It doesn't end with the nice feeling that I have when I don't do something that I know God is calling me to do because I just, I just don't want to do that. It ends with death, separation from God. Because just as we have sung today and just as we have gathered around the table to remind each other of, it it is only through Christ that we have salvation. A great acknowledgement that temptation is not sin, but it is real is in the life of Jesus of Nazareth. In Matthew 4 and Luke 4, he is tempted. As Luke records, when Satan is done with him and Jesus has overcome through the word of God... It says that Satan left him until an opportune time. Satan, that's not the only time that Jesus was tempted. He was tempted throughout his life. Certainly tempted on the cross when they were challenging him. Hey, Mr. Big Shot, come down from that cross right now and we'll believe you. Which was actually the same temptation that Satan hit him with in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. To make a big deal, to make a big show, to jump off the highest point of the temple or make everyone worship you. You could do that, and he could have. And he could have been Lord, and he could have been Son of God had he done that, but he could not have been Savior. And so he refused. The writer of Hebrews reminds us that Jesus was created just like we are. He suffered physically and emotionally, and, and he was tempted in every way just like we are, yet he never sinned. Temptation is not sin, but it is real. 
And so we pray, we pray to God, lead us not into temptation. Secondly, today, all have sinned by either commission or omission. Don't you hate those words? They're a preacher's delight because they kind of sound alike. All have sinned, either by commission or omission. These are the thou shalts and the thou shalt nots. <laughs> the sins of commission are when we do something that God has said thou shalt not. The sins of omission, leaving something good out of our lives that God has commanded, those are the thou shalts. And we see them early on. We see them even in the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt, such as keep the name of the Lord sacred, such as keep the Sabbath holy, such as honor your father and your mother. Thou shalt not, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false testimony. We see it in Galatians chapter 5 with Paul contrasting the fruit of the spirit with the works of the flesh or the deeds of the flesh. Thou shalt and thou shalt not. In 1 John 1, John reminds us that if, if we say we haven't sinned, then we're lying and we're calling God a liar. He sent his son to save us through his blood to cleanse us from all of our sins. But we sin, and that's why he had to come. We see that clearly in the first three chapters of Romans, especially chapter 3, as Paul quotes from Isaiah and other places, saying that there is no one who is righteous, not even one. All have sinned and fall short. But because of that, all are open to the coming and the blessing of Jesus Christ if we will let him be our guide. Not perfectly But if we will get on the path he's calling us to be on through the response of faith and the new life. All have sinned. And so thirdly today, we are capable of rejecting temptation. We just don't. We just don't. I don't know if you actually even believe that. I would love to chat with you about it if you want to challenge that statement. But I do believe that we are capable of rejecting temptation, we just don't. We just don't. Why would you say that, Bill? Well, I believe that I would say that because of 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And you've heard me say this before about this verse. If this isn't one that you have highlighted or marked or memorized or written up somewhere, I think you should. Because it is a powerful, powerful promise. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind and God is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear but when you're tempted he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it the way of escape what does that verse tell us well it tells us that God's not picking on you with apologies to brother Job (laughs) who could make the best case of that God does not pick on anyone There's no temptation that God has allowed you to experience that is not common to humanity. God doesn't tempt anyone, but he does have control over the tempter. God is still sovereign, and that's what Job learned in a very difficult lesson. All the temptations that 
that we see around us and that challenge us are common to all of humanity. And God is faithful. And that's a part of that promise. In the midst of those temptations, in the midst of this very difficult world, God is faithful. And so because of that, he will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. Sometimes I think God has a little bit more optimistic attitude about what I can bear than what he thinks. We have that discussion pretty regularly. But it's God who knows us better than we know ourselves. And so he has promised us, he has promised us that Satan has his limits. That God is still in control and that he will never, never allow Satan to hit you with a temptation that is impossible for you to overcome. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will provide the way out. He will provide the way of escape. And it may look different in one situation than in others, but it will always be there. There will always be the option of being faithful, of saying yes to those good things that God has commanded and of saying no to those evil things that he forbids. This is the promise of God. In answer to this part of the Lord's prayer, lead us not into temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 is the answer to that. Okay, I'm not going to lead you into temptation. I'm not going to allow you to be tempted with more than you can bear. And so it doesn't say that we will never be tempted. That's not what Jesus calls on us to pray. But he calls on us to pray that God would continue to lead us. And that as he leads us, he will remember, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he will remember our humanness and our weakness. He will remember how hard and how much Satan wants to destroy us and destroy our relationship with God. And whatever will test that, Satan will throw at us. But God is faithful. And so next week we'll speak of God as protector. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. It's an acknowledgement that we will be tempted, but it's also an acknowledgement that God can deliver. And he will. Finally today, because we sin, God gave us a savior. Because we sinned, God gave us a Savior. I love the way 1 John 1 and 2 work together. It's just amazing to read them. Because in 1 John chapter 1, it says, hey, we're, we're all sinners. We've all sinned. We can confess our sins. We can confess that we're sinners. We can have the blood of Jesus continually cleansing us from our sins. But if anyone says they haven't sinned, then they're lying. And we all know it. <laughs> and God knows it. And then you get to chapter 2, and John the apostle whom Jesus loved says, I'm telling you these things so that you will not sin, but if anyone does, if anyone does, we have a Savior. Paul says the same thing in Romans 3. David understood it in Psalm 32. The prophet understood it in Isaiah 1. And so when we end this series, we will end with those words, deliver us from the evil one, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the authority.
the glory forever and ever. Amen. Just as Jay led us in our shepherd's prayer time, ultimately it is God who is in control. And we will celebrate that at the end of this series. Whether or not we allow God to be our guide then is up to us. It's up to us. This amazing verse in James chapter 4, the one that says, remember, if it's the Lord's will, we'll do this or that. James reminds us that that's how we live if we're going to allow God to be our guide. Whether or not this part of Jesus' prayer is granted, for the most part, is up to us. If we will allow him to lead us not into temptation, he will, but he'll not force it. What we mean by if the Lord's will, what we mean by he leadeth me, as this part of the prayer indicates, is that what we were, are really saying is that where he leads, I'll follow. I'll follow him every day. I'll follow him all the way. If we can help you do that this morning, come as we stand and sing our song together.